0: It's 1988, and I'm in a club in Cleveland, Ohio, called Peabody's Down Under. You know the type. They found a sale on black paint, and the inside, outside, ductwork, everything in this bar is black. And to top it off, they had poor lighting. It's kind of like one of those haunted houses that you go to around Halloween without the monsters, or, or at least you you kind of hope. And I was there to see the Jeff Healey band. I had bought his first album, And I just loved his playing. In fact, if you've ever seen the cinematic masterpiece that is Roadhouse, starring Patrick Swayze, Jeff is the house band in that movie. Now, Jeff is also blind, and he plays the guitar in a non-traditional fashion, and that is he turns the guitar on his lap facing up, and so he almost plays it like a piano. And I'm in the third row, and I'm ready to steal. I mean, I'm ready to be inspired by Jeff's technique. And it's really, it's one of those concerts, and I've been to many, that definitely ranks in the top 10. He was absolutely amazing. And I kind of thought it wasn't fair because Jeff could play with his thumb. I could only play when I play the guitar with four fingers. And it, it just looked so easy. And so the next day, I pull out my guitar and I put the guitar on my lap facing up. And I kind of tried to play like Jeff did, and sounds came out of my amplifier. that were kind of a mixture of a cat fight or a demon-possessed fax machine. I don't know, but it was not what Jeff sounded like. And I just thought, man, he made it look so easy. And the good ones always do. Today, I've got the author of one of my favorite books on podcasting. It's quoted more on this show than any other book, and that is Valerie Geller's book, Beyond Powerful Radio. And her advice is simple, it's short, and it's focused. It sounds simple, but much like Jeff, it's not as easy as it looks.
1: The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson.
0: Podcasting Sense 2005 I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach Dave Jackson thanking you so much for tuning in this is why I help you plan launch grow monetize your podcast my website is schoolofpodcasting.com If you go out there and click on the join button, be sure to use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. Before we get to the interview with Valerie, as I was editing this, I realized I used a phrase that if you're new to podcasting, you're like, what the heck is that? And that is an air check. An air check comes from the radio industry And what you would do is you would be a DJ and you would just do your whatever noon to three shift. You would walk out of the room. And from what I understand, in many cases, you would go directly into a room with your program director who would then basically tell you what you did right and what you didn't do right in your show. And he would play you clips and such. And air checks are important. It's something that I advise people to do. Go back and listen to an episode from six months ago so you can kind of listen to your own stuff with a fresh set of ears. We mentioned a lot of things today in the episode. I'll have links to all of her books, all of her websites or social media. Everything will be out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 762 as this is episode number 762. Here's my conversation with the one, the only Valerie Geller. If you've ever heard me say the phrase, there is no such thing as too long, only too boring. And I say, that's from the book, Beyond Powerful Radio by Valerie Geller. You're going to be very excited to hear. I know I am very excited. It's really, seriously, one of the best books you will ever read when it comes to creating content, especially podcasting. And I remember when I read it, I was like, oh, there's a whole chapter here on live radio. I don't really do live radio. I do now. It's called Clubhouse. And there's a lot of stuff in this book that will really get you going in the right direction. And she is, it's an official, I should send her a plaque. She is a big shot smarty pants I mean, she is world renowned, helping people all over the world make great content. And uh, I'm very, very honored to have the one and only Valerie Geller on the show. Valerie, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Dave, what a lovely introduction. I don't know about smarty pants, but I sure love helping people become better and more powerful communicators. You know, it just the thing in life that gives me great joy is when people really can master this and get great at it.
0: Well, the great thing about creating great content is you've boiled it down to three simple rules, which are
1: tell the truth, make it matter and never be boring. As you had said in the beginning, there are no boring stories, only boring storytellers. So if it feels long or you feel like it's just not moving, it's because usually because you're bored and it's boring. And here's the thing. This is what listeners to both radio and podcasts say in research. They hate it when it sounds like, and now another topic manufactured to fill a slot on my podcast. And they like it when it feels like they can forget they're listening to a podcast and they're just feeling like they're in the room with you. And the minute that feeling of the manufactured topic, you know, this our guest this hour is, and we're talking with, and we're interviewing, blah, blah, blah. When that goes away and you just have the content and you feel connected, that's when the magic happens.
0: That's it. Well, let's focus. I think we all understand telling the truth. When you say, "Well, actually,"
1: let's talk about truth. There's, there's a couple of truths. (laughs) One is right. One's facts. Get your facts right. Yeah. Double source, triple source. Get all sides of the story. Dig deep. Find the truth. That's number one. Get your facts right. Number two, and this is a big one: Are you truthfully and authentically interested in this do you have honest authentic truthful curiosity about the topic you are exploring on the on the podcast and if the answer is well it's important and people are talking about it and we've got to do something on it no it's about how is it relevant to you and how do you care and then it becomes how can you make a listener care And that's one of the other truths. So both those truths have to be in play. Do you know what I mean?
0: Well, yeah, because if you are, I do a weight loss show and I get uh, approached all the time to interview somebody about some piece of equipment that comes out and I look at it and go, yeah, it looks cool, but, eh." you know, now I could interview that person because, well, it's a fit. It's a weight loss gizmo and I'm talking about weight loss. But if I'm really not interested in it, I'm not going to be asking questions and hanging on every word to ask the next uh, follow-up question. I'm just going to ask the who, what, why, when, where, and, you know.
1: Exactly. And look at your topic. Okay. So just like tell the truth, make it matter, never be boring. Mm -hmm. You want to lose weight, eat less, exercise more. That's it. And there's 90 million books and your (laughs) podcast and, you know, every actor in the world with an infomercial. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of stories around it and a lot of methodologies and the same thing about being a powerful, engaging communicator. There are lots and lots of ways in, just like there's a lot of ways to lose weight, but at core, eat less, exercise more. That's the core. Those are the core truths, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then it's just a matter of how can you say that in a way that's either going to entertain or inspire or persuade somebody to take a step or things of that nature. It's-
1: right. It's like, here's one of the million ways you can get to this, you know, in a new, in a new package. Okay. Here's another way you can try, you know, this doesn't work. Try new. That doesn't work. Try Weight Watchers. That doesn't work. Try this new exercise cycle. That doesn't work. Try that. You know, there's a million ways to get to eat less, exercise more. And the journey, all of the different ways is what makes it so interesting. And yeah. I think that one of the, you know, shame on you. If you just, if you run with rumors, shame on you. Get the facts. Yeah. So
0: how do we make things matter?
1: Well, I think you have to realize, again, there are no boring stories, only boring storytellers. So then it becomes, what is your personal connection to the topic? Start with you. You're the host. Why do you care? How is it relevant to you? What happened to you in your life that makes this interesting to you? And look at that. You know, start with that. Because as you know, someone who, who is interested is interesting and someone who's bored is boring. And let's say, for example, you go to a party and someone's at that party talking about, maybe it's a topic you're actually interested in, but they are so boring and passionless and they just, you, you know, all you want to do is escape and get another drink, right? Okay. And then that same party over in the corner over there there's a group of people and they're laughing and talking and you walk over there. What are you guys talking about? Nothing. They're just, nothing is going on, but it's not boring. It's not so much the content, it's what you do with it. And so, you know, we do have a criteria of things people are always interested in. So for example, and this goes back to Frank Magid and associates research from television in the 1980s. If it has to do with health and safety, people are interested If it has to do with power and money, people are interested, particularly your money, how to save money. And a lot of the government stuff is just about power. And a lot of the government stuff is we collectively put our money into a kitty and we then choose people uh, who are going to make decisions about how to spend that money. And so it really is power and money are very connected. And then uh, finally, the last one that Frank Magan and associates worked with was the heart, the emotion, anything that touches your heart. And so, for example, if you talk about weight loss, that's emotional as well as health. You know, it's both things because if you are a very large person, maybe you don't feel as good in your body as, as somebody who does not have excess weight, right? So it becomes a psychological thing of people, of emotionally being, a, you know, you're, what you're presenting to the world. And so health, heart, and money, and power were the three things MAG had put forward. Then with probably I'd say around 95, 2000, a new idea came up and it still holds. And that is transformation. How your life can be better tomorrow than it is today because of something you're hearing on a podcast. And for example, Dave, if you're talking about weight loss, there's nothing more transformative, right? If you're heavy and you do these things and you become thin and healthier, that's transformation. And people find it fascinating but they also find it fascinating, you know, they watch HGTV and, you know, knock down the wall and make the room bigger and transform the living space. If you listen to commercials, they're pretty much all health, heart, money, and transformational. Do you want to lose weight? Do you want to grow hair? Do you want a beautiful garden? Do you want to pay less interest on your credit card? You know, do you want to have a fabulous vacation? Do you want to go to an Airbnb? You know, it's all about how to make your life better, right? Right. So, health, heart, money, power, and transformative topics always, always work. And then finally, storytelling, powerful storytelling always works. The minute you say, Got a story, or did you hear, and all of a sudden people lean in. You know, when you were a kid, once upon a time in a far off land, there was a princess and a monster. And then one day, you know, and everybody leans in. What happened next? Now you own the audience, right? You have your audience in your hand. And then what you say next is your story, what you want to say. And then there's another element to powerful communicating, which is if you can always answer the question, why should I listen to this? Or here's why you need to listen to this. Make this what's in it for the listener. Make everything about the listener. So you can take a little trick. Instead of what I'm going to give, it becomes what you, the listener, are going to get. So instead of, I'm Dave Jackson interviewing Valerie Geller, it becomes, I'm Dave Jackson. And if you want to learn more podcasting tips, you don't want to miss the next few minutes with Valerie Geller, who will be giving you podcast tips. You make it all about the listener, what, you, what the listener is going to get. If you can imagine each person listening is coming to you with a bucket what what chunks of gold are you putting in the bucket right what are you giving them that they can take away and really use and when you think like that it's going to help you go to a whole other level as a host of a podcast
0: yeah and i uh, from time to time i have people go i'm not sure how i should edit my podcast it's very simple memorize those two questions ask them <laughs> well, you know if i'm doing an interview I will listen to my question. I will listen to my answer and then go, okay, why would someone want to hear this? And if, if, if you can't answer that question, then it goes on the editing floor. That's awesome. I have a lot of people that they will ask their audience something and they will get zero response. And I, I hear this on a not super frequent basis, but it's like, I've been doing this. I have, you know, 22 episodes out and I will ask my audience something and I, I just get crickets. How do you engage your audience in a way that they'll like, I don't know, engage?
1: Here's what happens. First of all, and in live talk radio, they used to say, well, you know, the calls are fool's gold. You know, if you could put a psychic on and that psychic would do readings, the only two people interested would be the psychic and the person on the phone and everybody else would be, well, it's very nice that, you know, your Aunt Minnie's going to leave you a lot of money. Isn't that nice for you? You know, but they wouldn't, uh, or you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger, but it wouldn't have anything to do with the the broadcast, the, the mass audience listening. So you can get a lot of calls. That doesn't necessarily mean you have a lot of people listening. The only way you have people listening is if it's informing, entertaining, inspiring, persuading, or connecting. And if you want questions, one of the big tricks is to give an opinion. So if I say to you, uh, Dave, one of my favorite cakes is strawberry shortcake. What's yours? What do you think? You'll get 50 people calling in or writing in, texting in, telling you their favorites, right? But the other thing you have to look at is why are you asking the question? Okay. Mm. And if you can also take your listeners on that journey, right?
0: Yeah. It goes back to uh, kind of, we're talking about tell the truth is also being transparent.
1: Like for example, if I'm interviewing somebody who has a restaurant mm-hmm. and they say, we're going to add two new desserts next month. And uh, it's between uh, berry and fruit desserts, or it's between chocolate desserts. And a lot of people are allergic to nuts. So maybe, or maybe not, we'll have nuts, but we're probably going to go with fruit. At that point, if you give out a number, well, what should Bob be making in the restaurant? Mm. You'll get people calling and they'll have ideas and suggestions and they might be really terrific.
0: I know in the radio world, you have air checks. You actually have a workbook that you can kind of go through to try to air check yourself. And that's my question. Can you air check yourself? Because how do you, I mean, can, if you're boring, do you know you're boring?
1: (laughs) Yes, you do. Because it feels long, first of all, You need to listen back. It sounds very different in the headphones than it does coming out of a speaker. And anyone who edits has a very clear understanding of, oh no, that was so good when we did it, but listening back, it's really going on and on. And you know, you have a very different perspective when you listen back. So the first key is listen back. Try to listen like the audience, like a listener. The second thing is we do have a criteria. What were the moments of truth? Well, the truth rings true. You can feel it. They're always powerful. Were the stories powerful? Did the audience get to meet characters they'd care about? Do they care about the person you're talking to in any way, shape, or form? You know, is this a person they can connect to, or is it all intellect and then it, it's boring? Is it somebody who speaks visually? And one of the beauties of audio is that we're working with the imagination medium. If you say, Beautiful sunset, that's never going to be as powerful as speaking visually. Tangerine sky, use your words to paint pictures. And those things can happen when you're in audio. So, are you speaking visually? Did anything go too long? Did you do authentic self revelation? But again, it's not about you, it's really about the audience. So, did you go personal without going private? You know, private is me, 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 me. But personal is things that happen to you, dynamics, things you experience. Other people experience those too.
0: What about the person that goes, yeah, but I would never say, because I want to be authentic, Dave. And you're like, okay. like, But I would never say her eyes reminded me they were the color of hot chocolate on a winter's day. Like I would never say that. What would
1: you say? (laughs) What would you say? What Uh, would you say?
0: Yeah, I would say she had eyes that turned me to mush. You know that? Okay.
1: That's good too, because that's visual. Like, you know, it's, it's feel. It brings people into the feeling. What you want to do is take your audience on a journey. Mm. You want to let your audience understand the feeling that you have for this animal. So if you're talking about a dog with big brown eyes or a woman with big brown eyes, um, you, you want to pr- sort of encourage people to be on that journey with you. Have you ever looked into anyone's eyes and turned to mush? Those deep brown eyes. And you were just gone. Now it's not she has beautiful brown eyes. It's about you took your listener on the journey and it was a basically you made a movie and you put your listener in the movie with you. If you can work on how you describe things when you are doing an open to a podcast, it can be very powerful. So I was at this workshop and there were 10 or 12 of us and it was a very hot day in August. So we were inside of a hotel room and everybody said, it's so hot in the room. Why don't we go outside? Uh, So the outside in the pool area, they had these tables with umbrellas. So we all gathered around one of the big tables with umbrellas. And our assignment was write a few sentences. If you can do it in two sentences, what the scene looks like here by the pool. You need to describe it visually. So we looked around and it was midweek, mid-afternoon. So there were a bunch of business travelers. So we had a bunch of guys oiled up, shirts off, you know, uh, lying on those lounge chairs. They're all having beers, right? All of a sudden, this incredibly gorgeous woman, she was like a playboy fantasy woman, tall, blonde, perfect body, in a bikini, long blonde hair, gets onto the diving board and does a perfect swan dive into the water. And one of the producers wrote 12 middle-aged men sucking in their guts. (laughs) That's hilarious. So you can do it in a creative way. Yeah. But as long as you can create a picture, it's a really interesting way to engage. It's one of the colors in your paint box to keep audiences.
0: Where do you start with the story? Because sometimes I hear a lot of people add a, a huge amount of backstory. Where do you figure out where to start?
1: What I would recommend, and we put this in the book, Ken Adams Adventure Theater, which is a children's theater. It's an improv theater in San Francisco. Ken developed something called The Story Spine. And there's six steps. And they're based on fairy tales. And now Pixar uses this as a standard storytelling training. I use it in my workshops. They use it in a lot of commercial writing workshops. It starts with once upon a time. And then one day... And then, and then, and then, until, and then finally, and the moral of the story is. So you can actually take the story spine. And if you look it up on Google, just go Ken Adams, K-E-N-N Adams story spine. And you'll see all kinds of stuff about story spine. It's also in Beyond Powerful Radio, beyondpowerfulradio.com. You can get story spine and start with that. The other way to write a story is to go back to journalism. Who's the who? Who are the people involved? Why did it happen? When did it happen? How did it happen? Where did it happen? If there was something bad that happened, could it have been avoided and how? Who are the characters involved and do we care about them? So you can go back to where, why, what, when, how, and who. And often if you put the who at the end, it's more interesting than putting the who at the beginning, but not always, you know, as with anything, uh, nothing is absolute. Let's say, for example, you say, oh, um, you're doing a, let's say off a press release, the Museum of Modern Art sent out a press release and it says, uh, you know, I have it right here and it says that the Picasso is only going to be here till the 15th. That's never as good as if you haven't seen the Picasso, you only have until the 15th. That's according to a press release from the Museum of Modern Art. If you can attribute or do the who at the bottom, who said it, it's usually usually works more powerfully. But again, all this stuff is in the book, and there's lots and lots and lots of methods that you can try. Not everybody's going to be a great storyteller, but everybody can become a better storyteller.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things you talk about in the book is don't be afraid to take a risk. If you're like, well, I'm not sure which one I, of these I should try try them all and see which one works.
1: Exactly. And not all stories are going to warrant the same level. I mean, you know, one story might have really great characters. Another story, the thing that happened might be interesting. Another story might be a personal story that happened to you that you, it's very, very universal. Even small things like, you're driving in your car and all of a sudden you look in your rear view mirror and the blinking lights and the siren is behind you, you know, and your, your throat drops into your stomach. Oh no, what did you do? When you do that, you know, everybody understands being pulled over and getting a ticket, right?
0: Absolutely. Kind of sticking here on engagement a little bit. I know a lot of people love to do interviews. Can you engage your audience with an interview because you're engaging with your guest? So how do you make an interview be engaging to the listener?
1: A great interview should be a conversation. You know, if you sit next to somebody really interesting in a bar or you sit next to them on an airplane, a great interview should not be like a student and a professor. And it should not be like a fan and a movie star, you know, being uh, interviewing your idol. The best interviews are conversations. And they sound like they could take place as easily away from the podcast, as well as they could on microphone. So the best conversations are, they start with listening, being curious about the topic of your interviews, subject matter. And then the last part of it is, is it a conversation? And again, mostly you want to steer the conversation toward the person who is your guest. But it is a conversation based on your natural curiosity of their experience or their area of expertise.
0: I always try to think of what would the listener ask right now if they were sitting here going, "What you had Valerie Geller there and you didn't ask her this? What are you thinking? And speaking of what I asked Valerie, well, I asked her how to use Clubhouse or really, if you think about it, Facebook, Pinterest, any social media to bring those people into your podcast but right now I want to tell you about the school of podcasting cuz you might be sitting there going I don't even have a podcast yet. Well guess what? You can join worry-free. There's a 30-day money back guarantee. Go to slash join and use the coupon code listener. And if you're worried about sounding stupid, you're not because it's not live radio. If you're worried about spending too much money on gear or buying a bunch of stuff that you don't need, you don't have to worry about that. We've got courses on that. You've got courses. You've got a private Facebook group. So if you think, eh, I'm just it's just going to be me banging my head against the wall, you've got an entire community there to help you. Plus, we have live group coaching. There are people who need to hear your message, and I want to help you get it out there to the world. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Use the coupon code LISTENER. When it comes to, we'll, we'll just use Clubhouse. How do you see that? How would you use that to like, bring your audience into your podcast?
1: There's really only one way, Dave, and that is to be fascinating on Clubhouse so that when your room is over, they want more Dave Jackson. They want more of you. They want to hear more. They want to hang out with you again. And since Clubhouse is over, where can they find you? You know, let's go back to some of the really, really successful podcasts. Some of the people might or might not remember Serial, the podcast that was very early on and it was very successful. It was a serialized whodunit type of thing, a crime story. And the first episode was actually broadcast over the radio on Ira Glass's program on public radio called This American Life. And what they did, it was very sneaky. They aired the first episode and then they said, if you want to hear what happens next in episode two, you're going to have to listen to it online in the podcast. So millions of people whose appetite was whetted and they had to find out what happened to this guy. Did he kill her? What's going on? They went over to the podcast and half a million people uh, listened to the second uh, podcast. And so you having a driver is very, very good, but you can only drive excellence. If the content informs, entertains, inspires, persuades, and connects, and people want more, then and only then will they follow you from clubhouse to your podcast where people are, I believe, putting a foot wrong, is they're using Clubhouse as a megaphone to try to get people to go over to their podcasts. And that's backwards. Yeah. Give them something great, and then they'll beg you, where can I get more of you?
0: Yeah, because otherwise, you haven't given them a reason. If you just say, you need to follow me over here, you're not answering the question, why should I follow you? You're not giving it. exactly. Any- the other thing I had in my notes here that I wanted to ask you about that's, again, kind of in the book, and that is transitions, where where I'm going, hey, Valerie, do you want to go to the lightning round? And Valerie says, I don't know. Do you want to go to the lightning round? I don't know. And I'm like, just go to the lightning, lightning round.
1: Yeah, because it's superfluous verbiage, you know, <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you can even do it. If you're benchmarking the lightning round as part of your regular podcast and it's a it's an element within your podcast that's yeah. a special feature that you regularly do. All you have to do is say time now for lightning round or lightning round question of the day is, and go right to the question.
0: Yeah. Are there any other kind of cool tricks to a good transition? Cause I know, you know, there are many shows that have different segments and it always seems like they kind of just, everything was flowing smoothly. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, quick train wreck. Okay. And now we're back on track. And I'm like, there's gotta be a way to make that smoother.
1: Okay. So if you have baked in ads into your podcast, One thing you can do is just do up next, you know, up next, the lightning round with uh, Dave Jackson, you know, you can just do up next and, and use content. Or if you were at a dinner party and the conversation became uncomfortable, boring, or in some way interminable, somebody blessedly usually would say, okay, moving right along or changing topics or Bob, you were in Sri Lanka, weren't you? Do you know what I mean? It's they, as in life on the air. And how would you deal with this in real life if a topic went south? Dave, let's agree to disagree. Moving on.
0: <laughs> there you go.
1: I often think about a great podcast as a Thanksgiving dinner table. You know, you've got people of different ages and different, everybody likes each other. But maybe, you know, one's different politically than the other, and they're different generations. And, but they're all going to have turkey, and they're all going to have fun, and everybody is there to enjoy it, right? They're there to, to, to further their, their richness of life. And so, again, how would you handle it if the conversation got difficult or long or boring? And just say moving on or change the topic and do it in a very natural way.
0: Do you run into imposter syndrome in the radio field?
1: Do you mean people who secretly don't feel they're good enough yeah. to be doing? It? I think that this has a lot to do with how you were raised, you know? And there are a lot of people who feel like they're faking it or they're not good enough. And there's only one way to get good and that's to do it. You know, and and every single human being started out not knowing how to walk. And if you're st- standing upright on two legs, It's because you fell on your behind 10,000 times before you figured out how to pick yourself up and walk. So before age two, yes, you were an imposter for walking. And after age two, when you figured out how to do it, you were no longer an imposter, okay? So I think sometimes you just have to jump in the pool. It takes courage to create. It takes risking. The number one thing that holds people back is looking foolish in the eyes of others, of making a mistake, of being wrong. And if that holds you back, if you're so afraid of making a mistake or being wrong, you're never going to spread your wings and fly as high as you can. We are never going to see your full potential as a communicator and artist and somebody with something to say. Take some risks. Take a stand. Make it matter. Hold up a mirror and reflect life. You know, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, what kind of show would you do today? And that's the kind of show you should do. And don't worry about being an imposter because once you do this and you make mistakes and then you learn it, you don't make the mistakes again. And then lo and behold, you're not an imposter. You're doing it.
0: I've been mentioning, you know, the book Beyond Powerful Radio. It really is a great book Uh, Tell me a little bit about the workbook.
1: Uh, The workbook, uh, okay, okay, there's actually a story behind it. Hmm. When the first book I wrote, Creating Powerful Radio, came out, there was supposed to be a chapter on air checking. And what happened was the publisher had asked me for a draft of the book because they wanted to typeset it at the printer. And so they just wanted a draft to set up the page, the look of the pages. And so I sent not a final draft uh, we were still working on the air checking chapter. And then I turned in the air check chapter, which is again, going back and looking at yesterday's work and with a technique and a criteria so that you can be better tomorrow. And there's a lot of programmers who were not guiding talent in the way that was going to be productive. So this really was a recipe. It was a cookbook for how to do air checking. And about a year later, eight months later, a big box of books came. And I opened up the books and I said, where's the air check chapter? They had typeset and printed 30,000 copies of the draft without the air check chapter. And you could probably have heard my scream to uh, Akron, (laughs) Ohio. I mean, I'm sure my scream made it to Ohio. So my publisher at the time said, oh, don't worry about it. You'll write another book and you'll do it all on the air checking, the prep performance and post-production planning. And it was a little bit like asking a woman on the delivery table after she's given birth to triplets, when are you going to have your next baby? (laughs) You know, if I could have wrung his neck at that time, I would have done it. But the bottom line was six years later, I did write a book called The Powerful Radio Workbook. And it talks about the prep, performance, and post-production planning, which is the air checking. And then we took that book and folded it into Beyond Powerful Radio, which is about podcasting and internet radio and broadcast radio. And also, if you're um, just giving speeches, if you're getting up and talking, if you're doing a TED Talk, these are just powerful communicator techniques that will help you get, keep, and grow audiences.
0: In the book you mentioned, and, and of course, you're talking about radio at the time, that it takes about three years to build an audience. Is that still kind of in the ballpark, you think?
1: it's here, it, it takes three years to build your podcast and it takes three years to build a radio show. There is no difference. Your podcast will take three years. And if you don't have a plan, the money, the time to put to it, then my suggestion is make a series of eight or 12 podcasts and drop them as a series. And then in a year make a series of eight or 12 and drop them. And in another year, make a series of eight or 12 and drop them. Okay, But it takes three years. There's a saying, product permanence promotion. You have to make a good product and be excellent at it. Do it consistently over time and then let people know it exists and where to find it. And that is true for any business. A restaurant a podcast. It's true for anything.
0: What website am I pointing them to? Because I I realized I could send them to creatingpowerfulpodcast.com, gallermedia.com, or beyondpowerfulradio.com. Do we have one in general that we want to send them to? or
1: If you're listening now and you have a question, the best place to ask questions of me is actually on Twitter, because I'm very active on Twitter. People direct message me on Twitter all the time. And I will answer questions, particularly if you have the book and you have a question. And so on Twitter, it's at V. Geller, Beyond Powerful Radio, if you scroll down on that page, you'll see the table of contents. There's actually a free audio book from Audible, and there's a, many videos on that page. So if you want to see a powerful radio, a powerful communicator, a powerful podcasting video, if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll be able to see those videos. So I think probably at this point, the best way is to go to beyondpowerfulradio.com. Creating powerful podcasts is aggregating a lot of information about podcasting that might be of use to you if you are doing a podcast.
0: Well, there we go. I'm just going to leave that in like that. I was going to reset that. I'm like, nope, we're just going to keep that in. Really, I, I realize we're, we're up against our time. I want to thank you so much. This has been great.
1: But I think- Dave, I want to thank you because you've written a wonderful book about podcasting. And, you know, you were somebody who got in like 16 years ago. You know, you're like the guy who was the trailblazer. You fell into the potholes. You know, you got bit by the snakes way before anybody did. And so you're like a Sherpa that can lead people up the mountain of being able to do their podcast and make money at it. And so congratulations on your book, congratulations on your podcast, and I really appreciate all the kind words that you have said about Beyond Powerful Radio, but I'd really like to congratulate you because this wasn't easy and you got into it because you just thought it was fun and you got into it with pure heart. And those are the people who become the rock stars at this, the people who love it. And you're one of those guys.
0: Well, thank you very much. I, I believe I'm almost blushing. <laughs> Can you blush in a room by yourself? I don't know, but I'm I'm actually, sure. I, I am giddy right now that Valerie Geller read my book. You have no idea. It's like, wow, that's really, really cool. So thank you very much for the kind words. I uh, It's hard to make Dave Jackson speechless, but I think you have, uh, You've succeeded. So thank you so much and and thank you for your time.
1: It is my pleasure and just stay safe, be well and all the best to you, okay? And just make it powerful.
0: Man, I was so excited when Valerie agreed to come on the show and it's so it's hard to, for me. It's like everything there was good. I love why would someone want to hear this? That is a great question to ask. The best conversations come from listening. When you're on other platforms, be amazing and leave them wanting more so that they go, hey, where can I find your stuff? And if you were going to die tomorrow, what kind of show would you record today? I always say, do not let your message die inside you. Let me help you get it out to the world. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash join. Coming up, I've been doing something that is a little eh, out of my comfort zone. And I went to my email list and said, hey, I want to talk to you about this particular show and especially about the school of podcasting and what are your preferred methods of learning and things like that. And there was one fact that really just, I mean, it came out, it didn't smack me in the face, it like hit me in the jaw and knocked me on my butt. And the fun thing about it, especially when it's negative, or or at least you're like, mm, there's room for improvement there, is you kind of go, Ooh, yeah. Yep, you're right. Mm. So in the future, I'm gonna talk about how myself, who underneath all oh, of this is kind of a shy guy, reached out to strangers and said, hey, can you kind of give me some constructive feedback and what kind of attitude it takes to pull that off and still have a shred of dignity? (laughs) Uh, That's what's coming up in the future, along with anything else you would like to talk about. Thank you so much. Again, the website, schoolofpodcasting.com. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. If you've ever seen the cinematic masterpiece that is Roadhouse, starring Patrick Frey. Ah! So good. And my mic's too loud. How do I get my mind sight? My mind sight. What is my mind sight? Sounds like some sort of band from the 70s. This. At the Agora, mind sight.